Welcome to this episode of Demystified as we explore home cooking in a modern world. Hello, I'm Linda and I'm here with my friend Paul. Second Hello. Oh, second, second up. T- second temp. Version second up. 2. Version 2 of the intro. We just deleted the first one and that was terrible. I know, we should keep all the bloopers no, and just do no, a we won't. blooper reel. No, it'll be beep, beep at the end all the time. No. Well, yes, yes it would yes, actually. Yes, it would actually, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. How are you? Okay. Okay. You? Well, it's the end of a long week. It feels a bit like that actually, but that's okay. We've got a long weekend here in Melbourne, so that's pleasant. Well, it is it is a long weekend, but it just means you have to do, for me, with uh, deadlines approaching, it's like five days work in four. So I kind of feel like, hey, but I do get to sleep in a little bit. No oh, more six wah, o'clock. Wah, wah. I know. <laughs> Seriously. I know. I know. That's terrible. Yeah. How are you? Good, good. And I believe there was a treacle tart. Yes, I'm just waiting for it to cool so I can take some photos. But Ooh. it is done. The recipe is done. That's exciting. I also did... Uh, I cooked something today that I've never cooked before. And what was that? Murray cod. Murray cod? Yes. So Murray cod, for those, of, those people that don't know, is an indigenous f- freshwater fish species. Um, indigenous to Australia that is and the reason I cooked Murray Cod was there's a couple of reasons actually a mate of mine has decided he wants to go fishing on the weekend mm-hmm. and his thing with fishing is <clears throat> native fish he likes to catch native fish now we don't keep any of them we always return them um, but we did consider for a little while camping overnight and I was wondering if we risk it and not take food if we catch something and if we catch Murray Cod, what would it be like and how would I cook it? Now, obviously, I'm not going to go away and figure out some way to plug a steam oven into it. No, uh, that's... No. <laughs> Pro- probably could do it. But anyway, um, but we decided against that. So anyway, but I've never cooked a Murray Cod. And the other reason was, was that I was thinking the other day and I was going through a whole lot of my old stuff and old articles that I used to see in, you know, restaurant there used to be a pull-out guide in The Age, uh, which was a Melbourne newspaper, which was a... I don't know if they Not still have it. <clears throat> yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know, even know if they still have it, but it was all focused on food and the Melbourne food scene. And I found the other day that a very well-known restaurateur in Melbourne, and this must have, I didn't check the date, but it had been in the 90s, so the late 90s, um, was serving Murray Cod on oh. his menu... And I remember there was a bit of a kerfuffle about it, not because he was serving Murray Cod, but because it was, I think, can't remember, I need to reread the article, but but it was something like 45 or $50 for the main course. Now, at the time, that was uber expensive. Like in the yes. 90s, in the late 90s, a $50 main course was, was seen as yes. like really, really uber expensive. Um so, yeah, I sort of thought, well, I've never actually cooked a Murray Cod, so why not? So I went and... I know there's uh, people are farming Murray Cod now. So... Because the species were in... Not decline, but they weren't doing too well because of European carp in the river systems. Mm. Uh, but there is farmed Murray Cod. <laughs> we are just plagued with noise today. Sorry, guys. Um, 
farmed Murray cod around. So I grabbed one of those and I cooked it up. And what was the result? Uh, well, I did a reasonably did like yes, I did I, it, distinctive flavour. Certainly a distinctive flavour and quite a lot of fat um, in the belly of it, which was interesting. Um, the the funny thing is, is a lot of people aren't uh, don't really do freshwater fish like a lot of people don't like freshwater fish and most common table fish are saltwater yes but mm. freshwater fish like my partner loves rainbow trout it's a oh, yes. thing like yeah. just adores it and yeah. I quite like trout as well um, but most people go towards saltwater species um, but certainly a unique flavour was it like beautiful uh, no textually really nice um, and I steamed it very, very gently. And it was also an exercise in um, wanting to understand because the skin on a Murray cod is quite mottled and can, mm. looks kind of cool once you cook it. Um, half of the idea behind the recipe itself was to uh, steam it very gently, but also steam it just enough so that you still had a bit of time where you could crisp the skin on a cooktop. Um, because I think that's the best way to eat fish, where you get this perfectly steamed flesh, super succulent, super moist, but you also get a crispy skin. Now, the timing is the trick with that. Um, but did it very simply, like the recipe couldn't be simpler. Like I made prickly ash, which is essentially um, Szechuan pepper and salt, um, and a little bit of Chinese five spice, which is a classic sort of, I think Chinese seasoning. Uh, so I just used that as a seasoning and then I scorched some um, spring onions and basically once it was cooked I just drizzled over the spring onions and I garnished it with toasted sesame seeds, fried shallots and peanuts, toasted peanuts and that was it and it was really nice, like really really nice. So long story short so that's is that I if I was hard up camping on the riverbank would I throw a Murray cod on the coals over the fire? Absolutely, yeah. Ah, now I know why you didn't want me to get you anything for lunch. Correct. <laughs> and I also noticed yeah, I wasn't included in that you weren't here. test. Well, that was about 9 o'clock this morning. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I some of us here. were at work on some time. Were, and some of us were working at home. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yes, that home from work thing seems to be oh, convenient no. these days, doesn't I know, it? wasn't it? <laughs> it? It was actually this morning. I had complete concentration on a job I had to get out. But it was, um, that sounds interesting. I yeah. must say, it's not a fish that you see very often no. on any restaurants here. No, given it's native too. And I think there's probably a little bit of stigma around it being native and um, it, the species being in decline um, because of European carp. But I know there's a lot of breeding programs and there's a lot mm. of fish like in the river systems. Can some, can is it Murray cod that can live for quite a long time as oh, well yeah. and grow quite big? Oh, they get because there's one at the they aquarium get to, that's the size of a yeah like a small pig. They can get to 100 kilos. Yeah, like even even more. Um, wow. So that's you know 220 pounds. They're big. They get big, big, big. So I I don't think they'd be particularly palatable. Yeah. But no. um, it's it's kind of for fishermen. It's kind of a bit of a challenge to catch Murray cod. They're not they're not the easiest fish to catch. They're not the best fighting fish or anything like that. It's just getting a Murray cod. And everyone's got their theory on it. Like my mate, his theory on it is interesting. But it works. So he uses um, melted 
mozzarella cheese, which has then been set after it's been melted. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it works. And it works? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've seen... The funny thing is, is like, there's all sorts of, you know, fishing anywhere around the world, there's all... all, Someone's always got a gimmick or something. Yeah. But... But if it works, it works. If it works, it works. But yeah, I'd be interested to see... And I'll have to consider whether we do this, if we even if we catch a cod next time we go to our sort of cod spot, um, the difference in if there was a difference. And we may well keep one. I mean, there's a minimum size, so we may well keep one um, and just see if there's a difference between the farmed, which is what I bought, and a wild. And did you get it from the market? Yeah. Okay, because I haven't seen it really over there when I've been. No, you've got to look for it yeah. too. And not every uh, fishmonger stocks it as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you need to have a look for it. I was pretty picky about which one I wanted um, as well because the, the, it was a fishmonger that I don't usually go to. Um, so I was a little bit picky about which one I wanted and they got a bit cranky with me, but whatever. So and They're not, not inexpensive either. Okay. Like, not an inexpensive. But that way that you did it with the spring onion that you cooked off and... Um, so I didn't really cook oh. off the spring onion. Basically, yes. I heated up, I don't know, 80 mils of vegetable oil until it was about 90 to 100 degrees. Uh, and then I dropped in oh, okay. sliced spring onion, so yeah. I kind of scorched them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was it. That was it? Yeah. And just some fried shallots, toasted sesame and toasted peanuts, which I just chopped up. That's it. Really, it'd be really good with like a bowl of rice or yeah, wrapped in a say, lettuce leaf. Ah, okay. Like a sancho yeah. bao type situation, yeah. or even in a rice paper roll. So you could use any sort of fish. Absolutely. Like yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Same theory applies. It's just particularly with that fish, the flesh can get quite, for want of a better term, tight when you add high temperature to it, which is why I wanted to steam it. Oh yeah. Um, so some white flesh fish species will tighten up and it's like they get tough even though they're being steamed and that's where temperature comes into play more than anything else so whether you deep fry it pan fry it steam it or whatever um, understanding the temperature for that particular type of fish is probably the key part of it so I knew that cooking Murray cod people have always had some sort of difficulty with it because it does tighten up um, which makes it still palatable but it's just that it does something to the the muscle and the texture and it's not particularly nice so 75 degrees steam and I did it because the fillets weren't super big like that wasn't a big fish um, I bought the whole fish and filleted myself but the fillets weren't very thick so it was eight minutes and then about two minutes on uh, induction cooktop with a, I had a teppanyaki plate, but it could be a fry pan, whatever you like. But they were, I don't know, what's that? 25 centimetres long? Yeah. Yeah. So they were reasonable size fillets. There was enough there for two people. Um, but interesting. I just, I suppose what I'm saying is, is that just because you haven't cooked it before doesn't mean you shouldn't give it a go. If you see some fish there, ask. Ask the fishmonger. A lot of the time they'll tell you, but if you're unfamiliar with it and you've got a copy steam oven, just maybe go a lower temperature first. I was going to say, if if you're looking at... The next question would be, 
what temperature. So you find something and you think, oh, I'd love to give that a go. Yeah. And then you think, well, should it be 75? Should it be 60? Should so it be 52? On the, bo- on the bone, you want to be anywhere around sort of 80 to 85 and give it time. Depends if you want to steam the whole fish, right? We're talking about just steam, right? If you're doing a baked fish, you can use your combination functions mm. or your steam assist oven or whatever. Different. That's a different scenario. If you're doing a whole steamed fish on the bone, 85 degrees, but don't expect it to be done in no time, um, you're probably still looking at a good 20, 25 minutes. So like a flounder? Yeah, flounder, snapper, barramundi, um, you know, anything mm-hmm. like that. Um Fillets, you can bring it back down in temperature. So 65 to 75, I think, is a, a good sort of range, um, mm-hmm. depending on the thickness. Now, I'm not talking about things like marlin, tuna, or swordfish. They're totally different altogether. Um, so, yeah, in around that mark, but you're better off with a lower temperature as your starting point. And if you need to bump it up a little bit, just bump it up small five degree increments but be patient with it remember the steams are uh, far more thermally efficient than convection oven heat so while it may take a little bit longer actually relative terms to the temperature it's not that much longer than what you would normally have so yeah i think fillets anywhere between sort of 65 now I know we've talked about salmon and stuff like that before. Salmon's quite particular, and I'm pretty picky about it being around that 52 to 55 degree mark because that's all it needs to get it cooked. Um, Very few other fish have the fat content where you can get away with temperatures that low. You can with some, like King George Whiting, really thin fillets, um, but the benefit with salmon is because it's generally very thick, um, that lower temperature gives that a chance to cook through and means the middle doesn't get overcooked or the outside doesn't get overcooked and all the rest of it. So, But yeah, 65 to 75, I would say, is a good zone for fillets of fish. And then on the bone, 80 to 85. And if you want to creep up to 90, then fine. But remember, 100 is the same as a pot of boiling water. And unless you're going to put your fish in a pot of boiling water, uh, you, will, you will get a similar result. So okay. keep the temperature down. Tuna. Yeah, tuna's different, right? Tuna, marlin, swordfish, all very different. Uh, well, they're pelagic species as well, and they're generally very big fish. Um, so while tuna is known for its fat content, that's only in the belly of the tuna, and quite often the tuna that you'll see at most fishmongers will be the loin which doesn't have a lot of fat content. Uh, swordfish is similar, marlin similar as well. Must be said that while tuna is a little bit different, marlin and swordfish shouldn't eat them super, super often. Every now and again is okay, but they're generally very high in mercury. Um, so I think weekly is okay, but you wouldn't want to go more than that. I have We have done a marlin recipe where we steamed the marlin. I'll have to go back and have a look at what temperature because that was quite delicious that i remember the dish but i can't remember what i steamed it at tuna we have done but we did mm. comfy tuna so it was cooked in oil so we used steam to keep the temperature of the oil stable so it was almost like we did our own tin tuna if you yeah. like 
Uh, and that was for a Niswa salad. Yeah. Uh, so can it be steamed? Yes. Tuna, I'm not a fan of steamed tuna. Tuna for me is very much seared very quickly or raw. Like that's how I mm. would like to treat tuna. Um, if, if it's seared over coals, charcoal, whatever, I don't care. But seared very quickly or raw or comfy is the only other way that I would actually deal with tuna. I, haven't, I don't think we've steamed tuna at all. No, but when you were chefing... I have had your swordfish and I have had tuna and it was the best tuna. In fact, my friend Rhonda went to, I think, your very first cooking demo mm. back in the day, your very first one, and you did uh, tuna yep. and she still, you did tuna and mussels yep. and she still uh, makes mussels to this day the same way that you did there. Um, but she, yeah, tuna, she mentioned that that was the best tuna. And I said, yep. Because it was just yeah. lightly seared. It yeah, wasn't it would have been pan was, fried. It, yeah, no it way it would have been steamed. And what you had with it, no. But it was fantastic. And I mean, you can do tuna sous vide, right? So there you go. You can do it. Um, maybe we will do it just to, just to try. Like, I just think... The... the I can't bring myself to buy crap quality tuna, so I always want to get the best tuna. That so that's number one. Number two is <clears throat> I don't want to ruin that. So by yeah. steaming it, which I'm not sure of where the benefit lies. I have considered which we will do. We will make our own tinned tuna. We'll do a jarred version of it, um, which is more again, it's more like comfy than anything else. Yeah. Like we'll make a tuna in oil yeah. we'll make our own blend type thing and we will do that because the steam oven is really good for that right but you're not actually using the steam to cook the fish you're just using it to heat the oil to a certain temperature it's a cooking medium rather than cooking the fish mm. itself like the oil is actually cooking the fish um, but exposing tuna to just steam oh, I don't know we'll give it a go like happy to well, give anything a go but I just I, and I don't see it looking appealing either like I can't see because I know when you cook tuna when you sear tuna if you don't get a good sear on it it's grey yes and it's yeah, the, the same it. thing will happen with um, steaming it mm. which is why when we did marlin marlin goes white so does swordfish I mean swordfish is already white um, so having tuna that turns grey Mm. It doesn't sort of appeal to me. No. Well, we'll see. We'll see what comes up. I think probably the only solution will be to do sous vide. But is is it going to like like anything that I do? Is it going to make it better by using that mm. cooking medium? If it's not going to make it better, then don't do it. Like, if tuna's better seared or it's better, you know, raw, then it, that's the way it's better. It's like eggplants. Eggplants over charcoal, if you cook them properly and make, you know, anything, like an eggplant caviar or baba ganoush, like whatever, absolutely delicious. Steam an eggplant, it is absolutely shizen. <laughs> that means not very nice for those people yeah. who don't understand. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> again, hello. <laughs> yes, not very nice. Yeah, so... No, I don't know how we got onto that, but anyway... Murray Cod, interesting. So we'll have a recipe that that will take me seconds to edit, which is kind of pleasant as far as a video goes. 
and then we're going to do a big upload because um, I've got oh half a dozen videos there sitting there waiting to go up on the website and the only other one I thought was because um, I've got some almond meal in there and I don't know if we've done this but I quite often will buy my little fella some croissants on the weekend because I know he loves them and I know I've talked about making croissants from scratch and stuff like that um, but quite often he'll leave one or two there now like anything good it's got no preservatives in it and it will go semi-stale so for anyone out there who goes and buys an almond croissant buy it in the knowledge that it's yesterday's croissant because almond croissants that's why they exist is to use up the croissants from the day before did you know well, that? I didn't know that. Yeah. But uh, because it's that mu- makes it's sense. much harder to make an armor croissant with a super fresh croissant. It's got to be a day old. Much much harder. So I thought we might make almond croissants because it's oh, that very would be very fantastic. simple. And because that's what uh, we love when we go to our one of our favorite little uh, bakeries over at the Preston Market, yeah. Public, make amazing food and they do a great almond croissant yeah they're really easy it's a super oh, simple wow. recipe okay well, I'll look forward to that then cause yeah but I thought oh, I wonder if people are buying croissants favorites. you can because uh, it's super easy to make super easy to make and you can have the filling actually sitting in your fridge for like a week oh wow you even just better basically just just waiting dunk them because they get a bit of a dunking then you pipe it on the inside pipe it on the top stick some almonds on top throw it in the oven happy days it's, and it's like frangipan so frangipan inside frangipan on top which is butter sugar almond meal eggs that's it super super simple but I thought well why not like I don't know if that's something that people know or don't know I don't think most people would know that yeah in fact I would back it in but if you want if you go and buy some croissants buy some extra ones and leave them out and then the next day you can have almond croissants but it is very hard to make very hard to make almond croissants with super fresh croissants really quite difficult it's very hard to leave really nice croissants yeah well that's the thing that's (laughs) that's the other thing but okay so we'll do I'll do that next week too and uh, we did have um, from our um, one of our lovely listeners in Norway a uh, a comment that uh, thanking for thanking us for the kohlrabi and suggesting that we look at the veg the root vegetable uh, rutabagas root, yeah rutabagas that's right yeah which are Swedes to us yes but they're all sorts of Swedes aren't they there's the long sort of is it a Swede the long white turnipy looking one no is that a daikon radish by chance is that what you're talking about oh I'm just going to back out of this conversation quickly because I'm not sure you're not talking about a parsnip it could be a parsnip yeah okay so rutabagas are Swedes in Australia which are round. Which are round, yes. Not and then you have turnips, which are similar shape, but turnips are generally white with a little bit of purple on top. Oh, yes. Rutabagas yes. are more creamy. Okay. Are they easy to get here? I must have been. I've never really yeah. seen them. Are they? Yeah. Okay. You can get them at supermarkets, actually, which I was surprised to really? see. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen... It's because you're not looking for them. Well, I must say, I haven't been And I want to know who's buying them. Really? Honestly? Who's buying them? They've... Old school veg is what that is. I don't mind it. And really good with the roast chicken. Okay. There's certain things you have to understand when you peel them too because you've got to peel them enough because there's a 
there's the skin and then there's sort of like uh, outer layer and then there's the inner layer and the inner layer is the bit that you want. So when you peel a rutabaga or a sweet or whatever you want to call it, uh, I generally do it with a what's called a turning knife. So it's a like a little parry knife, but it's curved um, because the peeler doesn't get far enough down into it. Oh, okay. But anyway. Okay, well, there you are. So that's uh, this... This week. A whole bunch of useless information. No, it's never useless. <laughs> it's always uh, topical. But, yeah. So, thank you. And you're going to get a... You and Dougie are going to get a treacle tart to take home. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm not oh, taking it. No, seriously. It's, no. I can't wait to taste it because it's been a long... We've talked about it. We've seen the ingredients sit there. Yeah, I know. I just... Uh, no, no, I know. I just you haven't had time. Busy. God. I know, I know. Get your introduction right and then you're allowed to criticise people, right? <laughs> I'm not criticising. I'm just... Oh, and we, we might have a winner for the title. Of the of book two. No, we haven't had. Um, we had have one. We, we had one uh, person on Instagram send us a message. Yes, and and that would be we have we had similar thoughts, but uh, it might be confusing as to what we're actually having a book about if it's called. Yeah, so they suggested getting hot and steamy. Yes, which maybe isn't the right might sell more more copies initially but there might be a higher return rate when they realise it's just an yeah. old recipe book yeah and mm. not a bodice ripper a new version of the Kama Sutra or whatever yes uh-huh. um, but we might I think we were on we've got a winner courtesy of Doug actually and he said it off the cuff which even makes it better <laughs> yes he did didn't he last night yeah. yes so we'll see yeah we'll see but we'll I see reckon if something better comes in. But uh, it was pretty good. We yeah. both went. Now that's actually yeah. Kind of Why not? Like, yeah, well, yeah. That's Why not? Actually good. So, and we can spell it too. Yes, that's true. That's true. It's just all the text inside that we need help yes. with. <laughs> no, we'll get there. Yes, we will. We've got a plan now. All right. Have so a thank good you for that. Have, have a good long weekend. Great weekend and happy cooking, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast as we explore home cooking in a modern world. We'd love you to subscribe and for more information, please go to our website, cookingwithsteam.com.